Welcome back to another episode here in the choir room where today's lesson is all about episode number 15 of season one of Glee. And that's right. It is the power of Madonna. Here we have our first ever full on tribute episode here in Glee. It is uh, not going to be the last by far, but it is definitely the first that we have here. It is all Madonna, all episode long. And of course, you know who's here to break it down. It is myself and Aman. Aman, how's it going today? I, I it's all going good. I'm excited. This is like uh, one of the first like main pop culture thematic weeks in Glee. It's like the first of many that we're going to get throughout the series. And Madonna is a very strong choice for um, a first option. So I'm excited. Like Matt was asking me beforehand if I'm really a big Madonna fan. And not really. I mean, I, I appreciate her and I and I uh, bow down to her as the still reigning queen of pop. But you know, the 80s, they were a time that I was not around for. So, I, you know, I, I missed the heyday. But I, I still will bop a Madonna song or two every yeah, now and then. I'm in the same boat, which is why I'm, like, nervous for this episode. And truly, the reason that I had asked you that is because if you had said, like, yes, I love her, I would have been like, all right, you take the lead on this one because uh, I, don't, I don't know that I am going to be super great at, like, calling out things that they did right or wrong in terms of, like, uh, you know, just tributing everything that they did to Madonna. Like, I really can't tell you. Not that I don't, like, I'm not completely clueless on Madonna. And I mean, this episode, may, they, they spell out everything for you about what it is that they're highlighting about Madonna or her career or a certain song. But still, it's like, I was I was hoping that at least one of us would have been like a big fan. Um, but I mean, we'll, we'll get those episodes later on where I'm sure we both have our people that we are very excited to talk about. Not that I'm not excited to talk about Madonna. I'm just, I'm just nervous about this one. Yeah, I feel bad, too, because the RuPaul's Drag Race episode, the most recent one, they had a Madonna challenge, and they were, you know, doing a Madonna rusicle, as uh, RuPaul likes to call them. And I, there were, and all of, all of the looks that they had to wear were Madonna-esque, and I, you know, lacked so much knowledge. And this is, like, the second podcast this week <laughs> where I'm like, what's, like, Madonna is just, like, not, I don't know, I just... I mean, but but you're right. I feel like they do kind of spell it out for you. And I don't necessarily count this episode so much as a Madonna tribute because they don't really tribute her so much, just only that they're using her music and then they're using the themes of her music to push the week forward. So, you know, I think I think we should be OK. Yeah, I think we'll be fine. I mean, in general, mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about the tributes over. It's like the same kind of way that I think I feel about Christmas episodes, that it's like I don't love them as much. Just oh, because of the fact that it's like, no, I feel you, like we're distracted, I think. You from... lost me there. You lost me there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't come for the, don't come for the Christmas episode. Oh, I'm going to come for the Christmas episode. I don't. Oh, uh, it's going to be war. It's going to be civil war when that happens. I, it's not even like I, I dislike them. It's just like, I don't care about them. Like if the, if you told me that Netflix had taken them all off, like I'm not, I'm not even like an anti-Christmas guy. I celebrate Christmas. Uh, it's just like, I don't, I don't need them. Uh, I don't know. You just don't let the fact that they don't necessarily push the plot forward. Yeah, it's it's just like you want to see the story just keep moving, or at least that's how I usually feel about it. And the fact that they have to like stop and pause to 
do an entire episode about something that I'm like, I, I just don't care as much about. And, but, uh, you know, if people enjoy it, if you enjoy it, then I'm happy that it exists. I mean, I, I, I understand that. I mean, and that does happen a bit with the, the tribute episodes. But I mean, I guess what I'll say to that is just like, I guess that's sort of the point is to sort of have everybody stop and think about a specific issue for an episode and then move forward. Um, and it's not like, you know, elements of the story are completely wiped out, but it's definitely slowed down. So I understand that critique. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll get more into that whenever we finally get to a Christmas episode and plenty more of these tribute episodes to come. But this one here is, like we mentioned 30 times by now, all about Madonna. And why are we here talking about Madonna? Because of somebody that you wouldn't have even expected to be the reason for this week's theme. It's uh, Sue Sylvester. Sue is uh, getting a little bit of a voiceover as we start this episode, talking about how she has just always worshipped Madonna, and she's going to take this and turn it into something that she can put into practice, uh, turning it into a lesson and turning it into something that just, I guess, kind of makes her happier while she's at work. Uh, She goes to Figgins' office and says... Uh, basically, she's still blackmailing him with the whole uh, picture of the two of them in bed from last episode, and she's instating a new policy where Madonna is going to play over the PA system every morning. Uh, she's basically saying that it's the biggest dream of her career to pay homage to Madonna, and that's that's what she's going to do, uh, and there's nothing that Figgins can do to stop this. Yeah, it's uh, she's really taking this uh, blackmail to any extent that she wants to um i mean playing madonna over the loudspeakers like all day long whilst the children are supposed to be in class learning i I mean (laughs) i I feel like i'm not going to be able to know what the quadratic equation is if i have freaking four minutes to save the world blasting in my ear the entire duration of class like it's just it's it's so absurdist it's so insane but it's classic sue sylvester and honestly it was a bit refreshing to see this, like to see her power used in this way. I mean, usually it's just to bring people pain, but Madonna, you know, it's a it's a nice little reprieve. Like I'd be like, that's all she's doing this week. Okay, fine, I'll take it. If uh, I'll take like not getting my hair shaved off in the middle of the hallway, uh, you know, and, and I'll take I'll take the uh, the Madonna music in my ear instead. We're so. gonna get we're gonna get some uh, some angry Sue still. It's uh, <laughs> Madonna is like one of the very few things that we're finding out here. Uh, you know, but at slowly... least you're getting tortured with. Madonna with Madonna your... <laughs> playing, yeah, like we we know so few things about like what makes Sue actually happy. Um, I think at this point, all we've learned that she enjoys are male attention uh, and her sister. I think are, are the only two things that I can think of off the top of my head through fifteen episodes here. And I mean, add to that list, uh, number three is going to be Madonna that she, that just brings her joy and that it's something that she's held on to her entire life. So she's turning this into a lesson here. Uh, we see her with the Cheerios and Santana has a bracelet that says "What would Madonna do?" So I mean, she is fully. In, uh, getting all these kids in on it. And first of all, Santana is at this point right now where she is just trying to become the head cheerleader. Uh, this is something that started in the last episode. She's just trying to do whatever Sue tells her to do so that she can get that spot. Uh, and Sue's saying that the Cheerios need to all start dating younger men, which includes the freshmen. So she's like, yeah, sorry, freshmen, go patrol the middle schools. Uh, oh my God, that's weird. Um, and she's saying that like the Cheerios are no longer going to have last names. So you're just all uh, Becky Jackson. You're just Becky. You're uh, no oh, more last names. Becky. I loved seeing Becky in that scene. She's so cute. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she just fits right in with, with the rest of This is before she becomes a bitch. I know. And it's a beautiful thing to see. <laughs> but I mean, and like... 
I don't know. I don't think the Cheerios seem too upset about this assignment. It's not common that we see the Cheerios get an assignment. I mean, the Cheerios are forced to dive with sharks and get blown to outer space and do all sorts of things. So I think this is a rather tame week for the Cheerios. So That's absolutely uh, a great point. So we're going to go over to the choir room where the last episode we left off that Rachel was lying to Finn, at least, and pretty much to everybody, saying that she was no longer with Jesse because nobody wanted her to be with Jesse. It's rival competition. They should not be together. And Rachel is just giving herself away here as she asks uh, all of the New Directions girls. She's like asking them about dating. She's like, so we went to a concert and then we went back to my house and and started making out, and then like we kind of flash into watching this happen, where it looked like Jesse wanted them to to go all the way and do it, and she was not really interested. Uh, a big theme of this episode that is uh, it, it's just Madonna and it's sex, it's uh, virginity, it's all of that packed into one here, which all ties together with a lot of Madonna's music. So Jesse wanted them to do it, and he apparently got crabby and left after she said that she wasn't really down to do that right now um and she rachel's asking all the girls like so how do i stop a guy from getting mad at me if i say no and uh santana's like well what's the worst that can happen why don't you just do it like what's the worst that can happen and then they look at quinn uh who is pregnant and they're like oh sorry quinn <laughs> santana is just like sort of unabashed here she's like well just do what i do never say no like just you know always let him have it in which is not something that i would recommend for <laughs> no <laughs> anyone out there but, I mean, I did appreciate that we got a little, you know, a little um, scene about uh, sex and not being ready and not wanting to feel the pressure and, you know, uh, you know, comparing yourself to, to other girls. And I thought it was a cool moment that the, because none of these girls really particularly like Rachel, but they were so able, able to have like this common moment between all of them because... You know, I think that that's something that unites them all is the the pressure to to want to have sex and feeling pressured by boys and shit like that. So it was cool to see. Walk me through this uh, Tina and Artie scene that we get here. Uh, we I, I think I've made my feelings known about Artie, so I kind of want you to take this one. So uh, Tina uh, was commiserating with the girls, and she talks about how uh, Artie uh, also hasn't really been the uh, picture perfect boyfriend and. Pretty much, Artie is as Tina's uh, pushing him down the down the uh, hallway. He's talking about how, like, if you want to get up on all this, like, I'm willing to forgive you about lying or uh, lying about your stutter, but you need to lose your goth look that was two two years ago. You need to start wearing some tighter fitting clothing because you you're, you have everything going on in all the right places, and I want to see it. I want to show it off because you're my girl, and yeah. Like, and Tina's not very happy about that. <laughs> oh my god, I wish Artie wasn't so terrible. Like, again, it's like they try to... The reason that this character exists is because they want to show you that people with, like, from all walks of life with disabilities like Artie is, like, are able to uh, to just be functioning he's with everybody as else. as disgusting as everybody else. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the message we're getting here, that he's just as disgusting of, of a guy as all the rest of them. So uh, it's like they're really, really beating home the fact that Artie sucks here, which is just going to kind of be consistent throughout the series. He has some moments, but uh, there is a large majority of the time where he is just not fun. Um, yeah, so there's yeah. a whole episode like later, later, later on in the series that revolves around Artie just being a bit of a womanizer and a bit of a whore. So I guess, you know, this is these were the early signs of it. Yeah, that'll be fun. 
Um, so this entire time that the girls are all talking, Will is in the room. He's over at his desk, which is like a couple of feet away. And he overhears them talking and he's basically like, I can't believe that what I'm hearing. Like, I'm so sad that this is happening. Uh, you guys should talk to somebody about this kind of stuff, basically suggesting that Rachel, if she's having all these problems, there's people that she can talk to, uh, namely Miss Pillsbury. Emma is the guidance counselor. So of course that's somebody that she should go talk to. And Rachel's like, uh, I tried that already. Uh, we get a cut to Emma talking to, to uh, Rachel and Rachel's trying to ask her and get some advice about all of this stuff. And Emma, who we know from the last episode, is is a virgin herself and has not uh, experienced much in this field. She's like, well, why don't you talk to your mom? And Rachel's like, I don't have one. And she's like, well, what about your rabbi? And she's like, uh, I don't feel that comfortable going to him about this. Aren't you really, a Really, Emma, counselor? the rabbi? The, the rabbi. rabbi? Uh, yeah, like, uh, clearly, I mean, Rachel would have no way of knowing this, but she's not the person to go and talk no. to about this. But, almost, like, Emma, seriously, like, you, we know that you don't want to do the deed, and that's not something that you're particularly into. But if you're going to be a guidance counselor, you really should have some form of education in order for you to handle situations like this. That's like, that's the whole point of your job, you know? Like, that, that's, that's, mm -hmm. that is your job. So, the fact that she can't do this, I mean, while it's comedically funny, it's, like, concerning. It's, like... I guess I can't give you a gold star this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, a guidance counselor is, at the end of the day, like, I don't, like, is there, like, a therapist in school? Not really. Because, um, like, I don't think my guidance counselors were really giving this kind of advice on stuff. I feel like there was, like, a social worker. Maybe that's what I'm looking for that was in the school for, like... No, guidance counselors at my school, you could pretty much talk to them about anything. Of course, if it involved things that... Uh, potentially were harmful to the student and and they they feared for the student's safety that's when other things would get other people would have to get involved mm -hmm. but yeah if i wanted to go and talk to my guidance counselor about you know feeling pressured about sex they would have to be able to talk to me about that they can't send yeah. you out of the office without talking to you it's just yeah. that's just against protocol so i just always feel like I, I thought about the guidance counselors as like only the people that you like their only job was to uh talk to them about colleges like that's the only thing that i pictured that they did all day long so i mean it probably makes sense that they did more things there's an entire school year where they work so yeah um did you happen to notice the pamphlet that emma was putting away i did but i forget what it said what did it say help i'm in love with my stepdad ew wait <laughs> Is that supposed to... There was like an entire thing of pamphlets that she was putting away and it was hard to read uh, more of them that were like in the back of the of the stand that they were in. But the one that she specifically had just dropped in was a pamphlet to give to a student that said, help, I'm in love with my stepdad. So... Does that happen at all in the series? Is that like some kind of foreshadowing or we're forgetting so. about it? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. All right, Emma. All I don't right. know. I don't know. They got some... Oh, so she, she has a pamphlet to talk about that, but she can't talk about some damn sex? What mm -hmm. the hell? Uh, yeah, Emma's worried that uh, she can't give good advice because obviously she's like uninformed on this topic. But Will comes in and he's because uh, Rachel told Will that, that she tried to talk to Emma, but she didn't get anywhere. And Will's like, all right, listen, I get it, but we need to find a way to make these girls feel more confident about themselves. And maybe along the way, as we figure out a way to do that, we can help. We can find a way to help you, too, because obviously you're struggling with this as well. So uh, let's all work together here together here and we'll find a solution. He leaves the office and uh, he heads out and he actually catches the Cheerios rehearsing and they are dancing to Ray of Light, 
of course, this is all Madonna here. Um, and some of them are on stilts, like they're performing, like they, they look good. Uh, but of course, that's not going to be good enough for Sue. Nothing is ever good enough for Sue unless they're flying out of a cannon. So she tells them it was terrible. Basically, she's like, hit the showers. And then Will and Sue catch up about this whole Madonna thing. Will is impressed, for, which is a change. Uh, like he's not pissed off at Sue right now. He's like actually impressed at something that she's doing. And Sue's like, yeah, well, Madonna's a legend and I want all my girls to learn the lessons that she has to offer, like strength, strength, independence. Uh, she's saying that like, what did she say? Nobody quite like the material girl to empower my Cheerios. So Sue is just a big Madonna stan. I'm sure she has a Twitter account where she just uh, posts Madonna updates and oh, probably you know gets blocked does. by Madonna. Uh, but she, and of course, before this conversation ends, has to take an opportunity to take a dig at Will's hair because that really happens every other scene that they're in. We don't really talk about it a whole lot, but it has been pretty consistent since they met each other. Uh, he, she really, really ramps it up, and we are going to understand why she does that because it it's pretty much uses a plot device um, this episode. But yeah, she, uh, you know, Will is looking at the series perform, and he's he's inspired by it. And I mean, he he sees you know the 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 I think we all sort of like as an artist or like a, a, a director or somebody that's involved in like show business, sometimes like you forget just how powerful some performers are because you're so entrenched in that culture. And I think that like him watching them perform to Madonna was like, Oh, you know what? Madonna is that bitch. Like that might actually work for, for my club. So we're going to see him uh, try and infuse Sue's lesson with his. Yeah. I mean, Hey, if Sue was still the co-director of the Glee club, uh, we would, probably just be doing a Madonna lesson in Glee. So uh, right. that's not the case anymore, but it's she's still uh, influencing in one way or another. So uh, whatever. Um, so Will goes back to the Glee kids and that's his idea for the week. That's that's going to be the lesson. And he's like, yeah, let's do, uh, let's do all, all about Madonna. And the guys immediately are like, no, that doesn't sound fun. We don't want to do it. Anytime that uh, a lesson comes up that is not like the most manly masculine kind of lesson or like it can't be taken in both ways, then they absolutely don't want to do it. And Will's like, all right, listen, enough. Like this is, this is not cool. It's been coming to my attention lately that like some of the guys in here have not been treating the women with respect, uh, Artie. And he's like, I feel like I've, I've been hearing things that you guys are being misogynistic. And what does Brittany say? When I pulled my hamstring, I went to a misogynist. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, guys, like, come on, get, get over yourselves. Like, I understand that you're, what, 16, you're so a little bit insecure, you don't want anybody to think that you're gay when you've already been singing with, you've been singing with the girls and with a gay guy for the past, like, half year. Like, we would think that you're past that already. And how are you going to call yourself a lover of music if you're not willing to perform some numbers by the most iconic woman? in pop music like come on like it's you gotta you gotta pay respect to to, to the queen like because that's, mm -hmm. that's what she is and it's not like not all not every madonna song is created equal there is definitely something in there that is you know more uh, unilaterally performable by everyone so mm -hmm. i'm glad that mr shu like could have like, sort of like nipped that in the bud and rachel took that as an opportunity to be like you know what like I love this lesson and I couldn't agree with you more. Like, let's do this. And we get the first number of the episode and express yourself. And they look so good. They look so good. They're in like these blazers and like they're all wearing a different color shirt underneath. Um, it's all the women up on the stage, the six of them who we haven't seen together since the mashup where they did Halo and Walking on Sunshine. Uh, the six of these women together and they are back here, which I mean, that song was great. And this one was great. Uh, they, they take the stage in the auditorium. And I mean, what else can I say? Besides, they were great. 
awesome. I loved the look. I loved all the uh, the corsets with the with the suit. They really they uh, they nailed that pretty well. The hairstyling. They did they, they did a good job. It was it was it was stellar. They did. They looked they looked very good. Um, and I mean the Cheerios are getting uh, double Madonna here this week. They're doing it in the Glee Club and at uh, Cheerios rehearsal between Santana and Britney. So they are just gonna walk out of this week as Madonna I mean, themselves. After watching a bit of the little reunion that they uh, had on that Instagram live, I've just like it must have been so fun to have to perform all of these and rehearse them and get to dress up and just get to perform all these numbers together. Like this must have been it's like just like it's constant. Some of the best moments or memories that I have back in college and in high school are just musical rehearsal. And they essentially got to do that for six years nonstop. Like that must have been just the time of their lives. Probably, awesome. but like they also sound like they when they tell these stories, like it sounds like war war stories because they would be on set for hours and they'd have to shoot the same scene over and over and over again. And like when you're doing it in rehearsal, I feel like you don't have to go, uh, you know, a thousand percent each time. But when they do take after take after take that are obviously being recorded, they have to be like at a ten out of ten the entire day. It's probably I think they always talk about how it's like hot in there because they uh, or is it cold or hot? Um, it was one of the extremes. Because they I, uh, they want them to stay awake. I think they said it's cold. That's definitely true. I mean, it, you while you're in the in the midst of it, you get tired. Because I mean, look, look, I I was a theater kid. I know the rehearsals are long. I also did a lot of film in college as well. So like, look, and film can even and then a lot of times can be a lot worse than theater because mm-hmm. you are just sitting there doing the same shot from a different angle over and over and over again. You got to hit that mark again and again and again. But like after it's all said and done. I'm sure they're all like, if they could go back, they probably would. At yeah. least I would. I'd be like, ugh, yes, I'd, I would dress up like Madonna any day of the week. Just call me. Yeah. I had more fun in uh, the film part of, uh, of high school, but mostly because I like doing the behind-the-scenes stuff, as I've mentioned before. So getting to like film and kind of edit afterwards, I thought it was so cool to edit film stuff. I was like, this is awesome. And that's my one semester of college that I went to film and then never again. So <laughs> that's my story. Uh, Santana and Brittany are going to catch up in the hallway and Santana is still on this whole lesson uh, about Madonna and the assignment that they had from Sue to find a younger man. And Brittany's like, all right, well, how about Finn? He's younger than you by three days. Uh, and Santana's <laughs> like, I already tried that. He hates us. And she ends up trying again. So she goes over to Finn, who's at his locker, and she's just very upfront with what she's going for here. She's like, listen, we should do it. Uh, and she's like, yeah, Rachel's still dating Jesse. And Finn's like, uh, no, she's not. She told me she's not. And Santana's like, no, she is. Uh, she was literally telling us the other day, like, you can smell it all over her. She is with him. Um, she says it in like a kind of more gross way that I probably don't want to repeat. Um, and then she's just like, yeah, listen, this will be great for my image. Sue will propo- promote me to head cheerleader. And Finn's like, well, what do I get out of this? And she's like, no, I said like, this is good for me. <laughs> it's a win win for me <laughs> so, yeah like, i mean what does he get out of this i mean you would think that he gets the sex but does he want it mm, i mean i i would, would say think, no like, i mean you would think like what other... guy doesn't want it but like he doesn't seem that i don't know finn's never been that guy which is kind of which is kind of like it's kind of weird because you would think that he would be because of like the whole thing with quinn and like how he seemingly be, is being driven crazy because quinn won't allow him to to do the deed with her but i mean we're sort of like reminded that quinn or he that he really likes quinn that's why he wanted to do it but with santana it's like 
whatever. Like this was such a like a throwaway like moment for the both of them that when it's referenced later on in the series, like in later seasons, I'm like, wait, when did that happen? Like what the fuck? And then I'm like, oh yeah, the Madonna episode. <laughs> it's just like clearly this is not something that either of them high uh, hold in much regard. So yeah. Um, so, I mean, hey, that's, uh, that's Santana's proposal here, and Finn is not really, like, he doesn't walk away from the saying uh, yes or no, really, does he? He's just kind of like, I guess, absorbing the offer. Yeah. Yes. So, like, Santana happens to him. Like, <laughs> pretty much. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, so, what, what's next? I totally lost my place in my notes. Um, Emma and Sue in her office. Yes. So Sue is going to walk over to Emma's office. Emma has called her in, and it's very funny as these two get started here. Emma's like, oh, thanks for coming. Like, please sit down. Sue's like, uh, no. Uh, so Emma's basically just questioning why Madonna is playing everywhere in the school besides her office. And Sue says, well, it's because basically you have no self-confidence, no sex appeal. Uh, you're just like those pandas down at the zoo who refuse to mate. So uh, it's, you basically are not worthy of listening to Madonna's songs. I was waiting for uh, Emma to have a snappy comeback because because sometimes Emma will read a bitch, but I think with all of the stuff that's going on between her and Will, that really stung because obviously it's a sore spot for her. She's not you know she's not someone that is all about you know doing the nasty. So it's something that she's trying to work on, and the fact that Sue is able to tell, she probably feels like damn. Does everybody feel this way about me? Like, can I, is, is it? Can you just smell the virgin on me? And uh, so she's sort of left left sitting alone in her office, contemplating. So her, yeah, this is like rough life. for Emma. I mean, she's just she's she's trying to work through this. I guess like it hasn't really come up a whole lot in the past about like her like I mean, she talks about how she didn't want to be alone, and that's why she ended up with Ken Tanaka in the first place. But like it doesn't seem like she's been in a whole lot of situations before where this lack of self-confidence and this lack of like feeling sexy in general has like, has been a problem for her or maybe it hasn't. She's just suppressed it for all of this time. But now that like, it's something that she wants to be involved in and something that she wants to participate in, I guess uh, with Will, it's, it's something that is like way prevalent in her mind. And now Sue is like even beating her down further with it. So I don't know how Sue found out about this if she did, but uh, she's not making it very easy on her. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's easy to assume because of the fact that her illness is sort of sort of severe. So it's like if you can't even like deal with, you know, stepping in gum on the sidewalk, how the hell are you going to be able to deal with, for lack of a better term, fluids just flying? Oh <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, how do I beat that? Uh, so let's go back to the choir room and Rachel is talking to Finn and she wants to do a mashup with him, but he asks about Jesse and he's like, so let's just like cut down to the chase. Are you with Jesse? And she's like, no, who told you that? Uh, which obviously we just saw that Santana told him and eventually she kind of breaks down and she's like, all right, fine. Listen, I am. Uh, just please don't tell anyone because she knows that if everybody else finds out about it, they're going to get pissed off, uh, which is like weird here because you would think that she wouldn't want him to know about it. Like this is not her ex necessarily, but like kind of her ex. Uh, and she's just like being so, so open with him. Like, yeah, well, we're not together. So I, I am with him. Just just please don't tell anyone. And Finn's like very not sure how to react. He's like, all right, well, uh, fine. But if this like ruins our friendship, don't expect any more. Like, don't expect me to be your friend anymore. But, you know, I, I I get it from from Finn because it's like, well, you lied to me. 
after you already told me that you weren't with him and now you are with him and you said that you were doing it for the team. So obviously the team doesn't mean can't mean as much as you say as it does because you're still with him. So now uh, now if this blows back in your face, like you can't expect for me to 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 be there for you, not only because you lied, but because you put the team at risk. So which, you know, fair, fair, Mm because I mean, Rachel, you really could have handled this a lot better. Granted, you know, we know the whole thing with Jesse is a very sticky situation, but hey, I mean, you're lying to somebody that was trying to be very, very honest with you last time. So I don't I, this is not a surprising reaction from Finn. And Finn's trying here. I mean, he's he's not sure how to react. He's not sure what to do. Um, we, we saw in the last episode that after after Rachel was off with Jesse, Finn was kind of realizing that he made a mistake in saying that he didn't want to be with her and he might be trying to come around and, and win her back a little bit. But now he's getting even more you know, information from Santana that Rachel was lying to him. So Finn is not really uh, put in a super great spot here. And I don't really know uh, how he should react. I think at the point we're at now, I think he's doing the best he, he possibly can, especially because we're about to go into a duet between Rachel and Finn. They're going to do their mashup here with a mashup of Borderline and Open Your Heart. And they sound good. Yeah. <laughs> I love the uh, the montages of all the uh, girls in the hallway dressed as Madonna. Uh, that was a really nice touch. And yeah, it's a good song for both of them. It sits very well in both of their ranges. And uh, the, the reaction at the end when they were done, both, you know, obviously being reminded of the chemistry that they do have, both vocally and just physically, but not being able to act on it because obviously Rachel is, you know in a relationship now in the back, at the end of it they're like that was good yeah and then we just walk away that's it that's just end of scene uh so like it was just weird like that's like that's that's where this episode is going to end up losing points for me later on uh just because of the fact that like it seems so inconsistent that like these two people were kind of in a in a weird spot and i get that like everybody just sings out their feelings but it didn't seem like very natural to go from that they were talking about their relationship and the whole Rachel and Jesse thing. And then Finn is just kind of happily singing along with her. So I don't know. I get that they are trying to get all of these Madonna songs jammed into the episode around some storylines that they want to keep moving forward. But that's kind of why these episodes kind of don't feel as flowy to me. You know, it's just, that's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very like a lot of, it's, it's like the reason that some people just don't like musical theater in general is that like, Oh, now you have to sing about the things that you just talked about or you have to, like, it's, it's weird. It doesn't feel natural. And yeah, sometimes when you have these theme of the weeks, you're trying to shove so much Madonna content in there that you have to write around the Madonna content. But I didn't, I didn't mind this particular, uh, chain of events that much. I thought it was, I thought that was one of the more acceptable ways to do it because I mean Rachel talks about wanting to mash these up just so that they can be a good example to the rest of the Glee Club and of course they're both co-captains so they should be doing it together anyway um so I forgot about that (laughs) and for them to be to for them to be like uh you know obviously still having feelings with one another I thought it was you know a nice little like yeah you guys still like each other and you can't really escape that and look you guys just sounded so good so what are Mm. you gonna do now like so I didn't mind it yeah um, let's go over to our other mini plot line of this episode where we have Kurt and Mercedes are getting some attention here. Uh, they are chilling in the hallway. Well, actually, this isn't really... Finally! Like, I felt like with this whole storyline between Kurt and 
Mercedes's friendship, especially after Kurt coming out to her, like, and then they sort of like drop it for like eight episodes, and finally we're getting more Mercedes and Kurt content. Like, what the hell? They do. Um, and actually, this isn't even the point where it's actually going to super kick off, but they are part of this scene. They're they're in the hallway, uh, so I guess we'll, we'll kind of get back to them later. Uh, sorry to tease that, but they're just talking to Will, and then Sue comes up and confronts Will, and Will, because basically Sue is annoyed that Will is doing a Madonna lesson for the Glee Club uh, after she's been taking Madonna for the Cheerios. She's like, listen. Madonna's mine. Madonna, it's, uh, she says something about it being in her contract. She's like, you can have your Barbaras and your Shares and your Christinas, but not Madonna. Madonna is mine. Um, and then she makes some kind of joke about his hair again. And Will's like, enough with the hair jokes. Uh, but by the way, like, how's the Florence Henderson look going for you? And then Sue just loses it. Sue, sto- like, he walks away, like, all proud, patting himself on the back for this joke he just made. And Sue is so triggered. Like, she turns around, start- jets down the other the, the hallway the other direction, throwing kids into lockers, ripping books out of their hands. Like, I mean, typical Sue Sylvester uh, activity here. But she is she she took this this latest comment to heart and uh, not happy. Yeah, it's um. It was strange to see this reaction from her because we were always under the, or at least I was always under the impression that, you know, she liked the way that her hair looked because she's such a confident person and it must be a statement that she's wearing her hair short like this because she likes it, but apparently not. I guess that's a soft spot for her. Yeah, um, I guess we can, I guess, tie this into the Mercedes and Kurt as it gets started here, because now now Sue's going to go over, uh, back to her office, and it's uh, Kurt and Mercedes were in the hallway with that, so they saw that it happened. Uh, they're going to go talk to Sue and say, we saw what just happened. Like, what what, what was that about? Like, do you kind of feeling out... They, they, they at this point, honestly, want to give uh, Sue a makeover. So they're like, oh, yeah, well, Mercedes is black. Uh, Kurt, this is Kurt saying, Mercedes is black. I'm gay. Uh, we make culture. They, they're like, yes. we can help you. <laughs> I love that line. I was like, come on, Ryan Murphy. You better fucking, you better fucking spill some tea on it. <laughs> but yes, they, um, they decide that they want to help uh, Sue out because Sue comes up with this story that we're not supposed to believe because so we really don't know what the real su- the real reason behind sue's distaste for her hair but she said that when she was you know in high school or something that her and her sister dyed her hair uh bleach or bleach blonde and it ended up damaging it so she's been forced to wear it that way ever since uh because she was really inspired by madonna's uh oh, i forget which song which album they were talking about but Mercedes did the math in her head, and she was like, "Well, that would have that would mean that you're like 30 right now. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. what are you talking about?" So, um, so yeah, so not really sure how truthful that story is, but clearly it's still a soft spot for her. So they decide that they're going to help her put together a new Madonna look and give her a makeover and make her feel uh, good about herself. So, and let's that's let, where- let's just talk about what they end up doing here. Uh, it's it comes a little bit later, so I'm jumping around here, but uh, they're they're going to put a entire look together where Sue is transformed and we're going to get our first Sue Sylvester solo. Yes. This was, this was, I, this was iconic. Like I didn't fully appreciate it. Like I said, like I'm not the biggest Madonna fan. Of course I know what, I know what Vogue is. I know, I I know Vogue. You, how do you not know Vogue? Like same here. Yeah. But like in high school, when I watched it for the first time, I was like, Oh yeah, this is all cool and everything. You know, Sue's getting like the, the, the hype for me was all about, Oh, Sue is singing. Great. Awesome. But when I went to college and I started actually delving into older pop music and actually listening, listening to Madonna and then being surrounded by other people that were big Madonna fans. And then also hitting the nightclub scene here in Philly then I understood. I was like, "Oh, that was a moment, honey. That was a that was a moment." And you know, Jane Lynch, 
she rocked that. She rocked it. I think that there was a nice balance of awkwardness of this of Sue Sylvester because this is clearly not her element, but still, like you could tell that Sue Sylvester is such a fan of Madonna and she was really feeling her oats throughout that entire number. I loved it. And of course, Kurt and Sadie's looked amazing. They even did some of the actual choreography from the original Vogue video. They they killed that shit. I loved it. It was awesome. They looked great. Uh, you gotta love the the line in there. Will Schuster, I hate you. Yes. <laughs> like that name drop. That's fantastic that they sneak that in, and you get like a reaction from Kurt where he's like, "What? What was that?" Uh, like that we all kind of had that reaction. Yeah, I, I agree. It's such a fun number. Uh, just getting Sue to sing for the first time and have it be such a well put together like music video, essentially that just like we take a break from the episode of Glee to watch this music video of Sue Sylvester as uh, Madonna in Vogue. It's just so. Uh, I would say unexpected, uh, like the first time watching it, and it's just so fun. So I would have loved to have been on Twitter the night that this aired to see how everybody was responding to this, because I'm sure it was met with uh, a lot of excitement. So yeah. good job there for Glee. Awesome. This is yes. this is when we start to see Glee. Like this is moments like these is when Glee really comes into their own, and they're like these like these are the pop culture moments that sprout from this show and really cement cement the show. And like oh, that Glee was a Glee was a moment. This was mm-hmm. this was awesome. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so let's go back over to the other side of, uh, of this episode where we have the Finn and Santana is still happening and Finn is going to find Santana and say, listen, I'm going to take you up on that offer. Uh, his, he, in his words, to lose the big V. So I guess that's the plan now. They're going to do it. Rachel <laughs> enters the library and she sees Jesse. So we have that Finn, uh, Finn and Santana are going to go do it, uh, I guess, that night. Rachel sees Jesse and uh, f- for some reason, Jesse's at uh, McKinley High School. Uh, he apologizes for how things went down the other night. And he's saying that, you know, he's, he's sorry, Rachel, you deserve an, an epic romance, not what I was trying to pressure you into doing that night. And Rachel's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. She's like, I, I'm ready. I'm like She's thought about it more and she's ready to do it. So I guess she's taking Santana's advice that she got earlier on in this episode. And then we're going to get to our third (laughs) couple, Will and Emma, and they find each other outside uh, around the school. And Emma says that she realized that she needs to take control of herself uh, and her body, just like Madonna does or did. And she says, well, that's why I am planning on doing the nasty with you tonight at your place. Foreplay will begin tonight at 7.30 p.m. Sharp. Oh, God, Emma. Why are you scheduling the foreplay? Who schedules the foreplay? You know what? I shouldn't get too down on her for that because apparently a lot of couples schedule sex sessions. That's a thing. That's an actual thing. They schedule when they have to have it because people get so busy with their lives nowadays. But still, <laughs> I cringe at that at that at that line and will like will doesn't even know how to react like in the moment he's like obviously excited at this idea but also like did she just say seven thirty is when like sorry come again uh like that no is, that is a bit that early you. I, that's very early i mean i would think don't you want to like you know i don't know do you want to eat first i don't know like you i mean you, you probably get out of work like right like around four o'clock and you're just gonna what are you gonna do if you're just gonna sit there for three hours and then just like I don't know. It's just weird. Seven's a, seven's a weird time. I don't, I don't know what these two do when they get home uh, from, from work, and I don't care to. So that's the plan. We're going to cut over to, we see Rachel in her bathroom, like in her house, and we are going to 
get into another number here. It is like a virgin, and we have all three couples that are about to do it at the exact same time. Go figure. Rachel and Jesse, Finn and Santana, and Emma and Schuster, and they are all just, we see uh, Finn, Emma, and Rachel are like the ones that are the hesitant ones in these three couples that are kind of getting ready, talking themselves into it, because, I mean, all three of these people, uh, including Emma, uh, are about to potentially lose their virginity. So they go into Like a Virgin. What do you think of this number? Um, I, I love the number. This is one of the... um. One of my favorite things about Glee is when they have the montages with the songs where people are in uh, similar situations and you're, everybody gets a solo. So yes. I, I, I like the number for that. But I question the song choice because, I mean, obviously I get it. I get it. I get it because it's a high school drama at the end of the day. And, you know, sex and losing your virginity is like a hot button issue. But the song is not about that. The song is literally about someone that makes you feel like a virgin it's like you're not a virgin but you want everybody else to think that you are because that's the way that that person makes you feel as if it's brand new but it's not so i was like i get what you're trying to do you're just loosely using the concept but it's something especially coming off of the rupaul's drag race episode is something because that was a critique that we had with one of the queens so it was just something that i had in my head i was just like this song choice is strange yeah they're definitely like they're focusing more on like the lyrics uh a virgin touched for the very first time rather than like everything else around the song i definitely like this number a lot (laughs) um it's just fun like you said to see the three different like different scenes of of they're all having the same situation and they're all singing like that that happens a lot more especially in the later seasons as we have yeah you know people off in different parts of uh the country pretty much so it's fun. Um, and then at the end of this, all, uh, by the way, first actual Santana singing lines. Like, yeah, she, she's in there. So. She's got some lines, uh, some like small notes. Uh, but it's, I mean, more than we've gotten from her in any other song, I would say so far. Yeah, this is definitely a, a leading moment for her. And she was in the she was in the Vogue number with Mercedes and Kurt and, and Britney. So she's she's definitely all up and down this episode. They are finally recognizing talent and realizing that it's, it's been there all along, but they have not utilized it at all yet. And we got to change that. So good on Santana. She's, uh, she's, in, she's in the conversation now. Um, so <laughs> we're not really sure what exactly happened here, I guess, because, I mean, it seems like that was all dream sequence, the whole like a virgin. Because uh, then at the end of it, we see Rachel, who has not yet come out of the bathroom, and she says to herself, I'm ready. I guess that means that all we saw didn't actually happen. That was just all three of them I, picturing it. I took it as, and maybe this is a weird take, but when I when stuff like that happens in Glee, um, I always take it to mean that you you cut to how they feel in the beginning, like because we see them at the be- before like a version starts. Rachel's in the mirror, right, and then like a version starts, and then it cuts right back to her being in the mirror. I always take it as. Everything that happened with Like a Virgin did happen, but we didn't get to see what she said before it started. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I no, I think you're probably you're, you're probably right about that because I really couldn't tell uh, exactly how it uh, what the like order of events was supposed to be. But then later on, we find out uh, how it went for Kurt and Santana. So it's like actually, no, that did happen. Like they were definitely in the bed. They were definitely fooling around, but nothing. Like we didn't get to see actual. <laughs> Actual what? <laughs> I was gonna say we didn't get to see actual penetration, but of course we wouldn't see it anyway. But... What show is this? Like, <laughs> I 
I'm just saying, I think that it did happen. It's just a weird, you know, like, you know, choppy sequence of events. Yeah. That will do. Sometimes. No, you're, you're probably right. We eventually, uh, I mean, like maybe Rachel went out there and then ended up going back into the bathroom at some point because, I mean, the next scene that we cut to uh, later on is where we're back at Rachel's house and Jesse is standing outside the bathroom door saying, just come out, you know, let's, let's talk or uh, let's sing about it. Uh, mm-hmm. which is very funny. Um, so, but Rachel's basically just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, and f- they are going to reconnect Rachel and Finn. This is back at the school. And Rachel was saying that like, she couldn't do it. And Finn's like, yeah, neither could I. I, uh, I just, I just couldn't, which, you know, you believe him for a second, but then you cut over to a, uh, a flashback to Finn and Santana where they definitely did do it. Uh, and Finn's asking like, am I supposed to feel any different? And Santana's like, uh, no, I think like it takes like 20 times doing it to actually feel like you've accomplished something. And Finn's oh, like, Santana, and Finn's like, all yeah. of these lines, all of these lines of Santana, like really hit different knowing the full story of it all. Like it's probably because you don't, you're not attracted to men. Santana, mm-hmm. So you're really, you're and she's really probably trying to make herself be attracted to men and it's just not working. So I've, I mean, I don't feel necessarily that bad for her because, I mean, she totally used this guy, but at the same time, well, but she used him because you're probably, oh, I just, I just feel bad for her. I just, I feel it. I feel for her. I know. No, I, I, I get it. I mean, she's, she's desperately trying and we're going to later find out a whole lot about like her home situation and that like, you know, Kurt, great that Kurt's going to get accepted the way he does for his sexuality, but that's not going to be the case for Santana, like spoiler alert for um, you know, not everybody's going to have a great situation. So if she's already feeling that kind of pressure from home, who knows, like that could be influencing her to like, not only the Cheerios thing, like there are so many reasons that she is trying to, to be with a guy or, you know, make herself believe that, the, that she can be straight, I guess. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. We'll get into all of that when the time comes, when Santana gets her uh, moment to be in a starring role here. Um, so what else is going on here? Emma is going to go over to Will's office back at the school and she's embarrassed because she didn't go through with it. But Will's like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's like, you took ownership of your body when you told yourself that you weren't ready. And he feels bad because he, he was like, I've been trying to get the guys to show the girls more respect in the glee club, but I wasn't even doing that to you. I just got so excited by the idea that we were about to do it. And I didn't even like think to stop and ask you like, are you sure? Kind of thing. Um, so they they sit down and we find out also that Will actually filed for divorce today. So now that he's moving forward with this, he's like, so this is happening. Now let's focus on you and getting you help. Uh, he like directs her to, I guess like he was like, oh yeah, our health insurance covers therapy so we can get you set up with somebody that'll come meet with you and talk to you about everything. So he's really trying to uh, to get her on the right page. What therapist is going to come to your job to talk to you? I need that plan. What kind of health insurance does McKinley High School have? Because that sounds amazing. They got a, like that, they got a big budget. Hey, they must. But th- this is really sweet from from uh, from Mr. Shu. Mr. Shu can be very sappy a lot of the time. But when it comes to Emma, I like the way that the writers handle his relationship with her a lot of the time because it feels very genuine. It feels like, like I mean, he, I mean, he really cares for her and he wants to be able to be there for her not just because he wants to be able to bone but he you know he he wants her to get better and it's something that uh that emma really appreciates i thought it was really funny because she ran out of his house apparently without her shoes on which i was like wow you have ocd and you ran barefoot home like that's kind of crazy <laughs> um but <laughs> and, he, and he brought her shoes back uh to her which was really cute but i'm, I'm glad for her because i mean you should you, you want she of course she wants to get better she doesn't want this to you know 
rule her life. So it's nice that she's found somebody that cares for her enough to be patient and to want to to help her through it. So yeah, awesome. But Will's going to get another visitor here after uh, Emma is out of the office. And uh, please tell me all about who stops by. Tell us. Yeah, so Jesse St. James is going to appear from the shadows, introducing himself to Will. Um, and then the next thing we know, we are cutting to Jesse St. James in our beloved choir room. Like, why? excuse me? What? How? How? Why? What? I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand... No, okay, I do understand. Uh, Jonathan Groff agreed to be on your show, and you need to make sure that he is in like every episode that you can get him in, and he ha- there has to be a justifiable reason for him to be there. So, okay, I get that. Uh, but it's just, this comes out of absolute nowhere. Like, I forget that this happened, uh, and yeah, he shows up. The New Directions are not pleased. First of all, Rachel's not too excited about this idea. She's confused, and she's like, what the hell's going on? Kurt is pissed off. He's like, we were already fighting for solos, and now you're going to have this guy join, like, I'm never going to get one now. And Mercedes says, yeah, you guys just trot me, at the, trot me out at the end of every number so that I could wail on the last note. How is that okay? It's yeah, not. honestly. It's not. They make park and bark, honey. Park and bark. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's really messed up. And, uh, of course, Mr. Shu is going to, he uses this line a lot of the time throughout the uh, series. Yeah, whoever auditions gets in. Like, that's been our policy. That's such a cop-out because... You just want him there because you know that he's talented and you know that he's from Vocal Adrenaline and you know that you probably have a better chance of winning. But this should still be a red flag to all of you. I'm surprised that Finn didn't, like, step up more when this happened because, I mean, yeah, he's probably trying to be cool with the thing with Rachel and everything. But still, like, you want the guy that was in on your rival team, you want him over here. And you think there's not going to be any kind of retaliation for Vocal Adrenaline? You think that Vocal Adrenaline is just going to let there – because this is the guy that's a senior – Right, he's won three times already with vocal adrenaline, and now he's going to come to McKinley, a school that hasn't even placed once yeah. since like 1975. It's just it doesn't make a whole logic. lot of sense. It doesn't at all, and that's why like the new directions are just so confused about what the hell just happened here and why he's being allowed in. And she was like, "Yeah, I talked to his, I talked to Jesse's parents, and it all checks out. Like the paperwork was good. He's transferring here." And Santana's like, "He's literally a spy. Like I would know. I am a spy in this club for Sue Sylvester. I would know what a spy looks like." And she's not wrong. So Jesse's like, "Listen, I left Vocal Adrenaline because I love Rachel and I I care about her and I want to be with her. And I know she won't be with me if I'm on the opposing." You're team. going to L.A. in four months, bitch. That you you're, you're you're doing all of this. You're throwing away your shot at a uh, national championship, a fourth one for a girl that you're not going to see in four months. It's true love. Give me a goddamn break. It is love, la 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 love. He loves Rachel. Uh, well, maybe he doesn't love her yet, but he really likes Rachel, and he really wants to get in her pants. Uh, and that is not going to happen. Or I mean, there's that plus. Uh, he's doing some spying for his actual team, which surely he will end up back with at some point. There's, uh, we saw that look between Jesse and Shelby in the last episode. So something not trustworthy happening here. Santana sniffs it out right away, but whatever. That's, uh, Will has made his decision. So let's do another kind of weird cut here where we're going to go straight into Kurt and Mercedes were just complaining about how they don't get solos or uh, they don't get enough attention in the Glee Club. And they found another way to, uh, to get some eyes on them. They are going to go over to the gymnasium where they are now members of the Cheerios after having helped out Sue. Sue is now happy to help them out with a, uh, a makeover of their own. They're Cheerios now and they are going to sing four minutes. 
Yes, Mercedes is rocking the high pony, and Kurt is rocking the Kurt, and um, <laughs> and they 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 sound good. They look good, of course. I'm sure Sue had no problem handing them some sort of vocal performance, even though that's not what the Cheerios do. But she was glad to oblige them if it meant, you know, sowing any more dis disarray in the. Uh, in the Glee Club, mm-hmm. and I wonder how Santana and Britney feel about it. Britney probably doesn't give a damn. Britney, Britney's a dancer; she doesn't give a damn. But I wonder if Santana is like, "What the hell? Like, I could have been having the Cheerios and been able to sing. Like, I would have just never have left the Cheerios. Like, I would have, I would have never like been in this Glee Club bullshit if you were gonna let people do this." But she's probably, you know, you just still, you know, a little small little spy for Sue. She's just, just, just gonna let it happen. Let it, just let it happen. Just let it happen. Yeah, I, and, I totally take that point. Like, I, I didn't even think about that. But, like, you would think that Santana would be upset about that. But I, I guess she was not actually concerned. Because we never really meet Santana as somebody who has, like, got motivation to be a singer-performer. So I guess we're just led to believe that uh, her and Brittany are, like, enjoying the, the role that they have as, like, the mole for Sue. And that's why they enjoy Glee Club. I don't know. Yeah, so um, their the performance is going to end. They did four minutes, which is really good. And they're going to go up to Will and Will's going to be like, why didn't you tell like, you guys could have given me a heads up. And like, oh, you mean how you give us a heads up before you don't give us any solos? And, uh, of course, Sue is going to take this moment to rub it in and throw in another uh, hair joke. And it's, it's, I mean, Mercedes and Kurt are not leaving Glee, but they are certainly splitting time. And it's, it's not good, especially when they need to be putting all of this time into regionals because you already have two other members. No, yeah, it's like, a bunch of other members that are in other things. Like you have Finn is on the basketball team now, I guess since football is over, you need to fill in another sport. You know, you got Rachel and Santana that are, or excuse me, Brittany and Santana that are Cheerios as well. Mike is probably playing basketball as well. I don't know what Puck's doing. I don't know what uh, Matt's doing. They're probably all in basketball. They're so all in basketball. Like, you all need to be focusing on this. And you guys, like you two, were, like some of the only members that were just focused on Glee. And we're, we're losing that too. So it's just, not, it's not good. It's not good for the for the club at all. You know, like who we never get as a Cheerio that it's like, how did we not get her at least for one episode? Like how was Rachel never in a Cheerio's outfit for literally just one episode? Like, just like, just give me some kind of like Santana and Britney take her under their wing and say like, oh, we're going to teach you how to be popular. And then like, I, I would just, I want to see her in the Cheerios outfit for one episode. And it if never there happens. are any artists that listen to our podcast, can you draw up a little fan yeah, art of Rachel in a, in a Cheerios uniform? I would love to see that. That's like, I don't know how that doesn't happen, even just for like five minutes. That's, that's uh, a missed opportunity there, but whatever ever oh, like everybody else does uh blaine kurt mercedes like probably more people i don't think tina does but I, I don't know plenty of them do whatever i guess we'll have to live with that did you see like during the performance of four minutes that jbi was in the crowd like trying yes, to interview rachel, trying to like, interview what rachel. is that about <laughs> i guess he just went on her statement on how he feels about or how she feels about kurt and mercedes but it was it was funny to see <laughs> that screams like that screams to me like there was a cut scene of jbi like earlier or something in the episode of like maybe like he's putting together a story about Rachel dating Jesse or something like that. I don't know. Like, yeah. I feel like it, I love Jesse's reaction to it too. He's like, "Who the hell is this guy?" <laughs> so JBI still sticking around, and uh, yeah, like you said, Will's not happy with this. But uh, we are going to go back to the choir room very quickly here. It's just you know, bam, bam, bam. We have a lot to squeeze in, and the New Directions boys are all standing around the piano, and uh, it's what it feels like for a girl is the name of the song, right? That's. Mm-hmm. Uh, very yeah, like I said don't really know I don't know much uh, 
a lot about Madonna, but um, and I don't know this song at all. I don't even remember them doing it. I, if anything, I'm like surprised that the song wasn't cut. Uh, they do cut songs from episodes from time to time, especially like if it just doesn't fit in. And I get the whole storyline here was that like the guys. No, you know what? No, it it, it makes sense because I think that's the whole point of this episode. So I'm just gonna stop talking. It was a weak. You no, know, it was. A, but you're right. It was a weak plot point. I mean, because we. I mean, the whole, a, a, a sub lesson to the main lesson uh, was that the men in the club have not been treating the women with a lot of kindness. So Will is trying to teach that to the boys and also like follow it for himself because he felt like he was not, you know, he didn't. He feels like he didn't treat the situation with Emma the best way that he could as well. But it is like a weak plot point. Like we don't really get to see that much. Right. Both with them, it's sort of like all smushed in at the end. So this number, if they really wanted it to be more impactful, they needed to write a little bit more for those scenes because mm-hmm. it's it's very smushed and thrown together. Yeah. Um, so as this ends, uh, the guys are still kind of not really feeling it. I think like Puck is like the main guy who's throwing around like, this is stupid. I'm not singing this. I'm not doing it, whatever. Um, he's like, I'm still not singing those girl songs or whatever he's saying. And the guys are basically like, yeah, we like being guys and Finn's like yeah because that's because it's a lot easier to be a guy like what don't you guys understand about this it's pretty obvious what the lesson here is and it is not really going over super well but I guess at the end of the day they're getting their message across because we're eventually going to see uh some resolution with Artie and Tina I mean Kurt is you know Kurt's trying to help Finn here he's he's saying that like yeah as like the resident girl here or he's like I'm basically a girl and I can tell you guys that uh we all need to respect each other uh you guys do treat them like crap so I don't know uh, again this is like a weaker part of the part of the episode here so I'm not super I, I don't care a whole yeah, lot because about we only really on. I mean we don't really see Finn acting like an asshole no. you know like he was he was the one that was sort of coerced by Santana and yeah we got to see that that scene with Artie and we can just assume that Puck is out here treating Quinn like shit but you know Mike and Matt they didn't do anything like, they never do anything <laughs> so yeah it's, it's weird it's a weird uh it's a weird plot yeah this is literally just for Puck I guess and, and Artie definitely for Artie uh so Artie is going to apologize for Tina because he uh he's going to apologize to her because he was really rude to her uh but of course he has to end it with but if you still want to get up on this just let me know <laughs> and then she kisses him I'm like Tina slap him I, I thought it was him just trying to be cute though like he apologized but he was like trying to be funny with it too like i didn't mind that <laughs> so uh we are gonna get some more of finn and rachel as we get ready to close this episode here as they're at finn's lo- or one of the lockers and rachel's like listen if you're gonna mock me about jesse like you can can it i don't want to hear it and finn's apologizing he's like Listen, I really liked you. Uh, I could have, you know, I, I feel like this is something that I could have had, um, but I blew it. And Jesse walks up on them, and Jesse's like, "Listen, I know how this is gonna go. Uh, so let's just cut to the chase. Like, I'll I'll meet you in the parking lot, five p.m. We'll have a sing off." And Finn is trying to take the high road here. He's like, "Relax." Uh, he's like, first of all, welcome to the new directions. I'm happy you're here. Uh, I'm tired of carrying the vocal, the male vocal leads by myself. And trust me, Finn, we are too." Um, and he's like, come with me. Let's go over to the auditorium and uh, I'll walk you through a number that I just put together. And Jesse doesn't, you know, Jesse does seem a little confused. I don't think he expected this response from Finn, but we're going to go over to the auditorium and close out this episode with Like a Prayer. Yeah, I mean, Jesse's so used to competition, you know, on and off stage that he can't really fathom any world where Finn would actually be cool about this. But Finn is showing a lot of maturity by just being like, look, like, I'm not interested in fighting. Like, I'm going to respect your boundaries. Like, hey, like, it is what it is. I mean, especially considering what happened to him 
in a couple episodes ago. Like, uh, I, I'm glad that he took this approach. But yeah, we're ending with Like a Prayer, which was a pretty fantastic number. We got a Kurt solo. We got a Mercedes solo that was more than just holding out the last note. I mean, she does do some... I thought it was funny how, like, during the scene where she's complaining to Mr. Shu and she's like, oh, you just had me sit there and wail on the last note. Like, if I, when I was watching it, when they, they started performing, uh, uh, like a, wait, oh my god, like, like a prayer, prayer, right? Yeah, like a yeah. prayer. <laughs> I just had a brain freeze for a second. Um, at the last, at the end of the note, or at the end of the song, the subtitles say Mercedes Wales. I was like, ah, I got it. You guys are being funny with the subtitles there. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, they, I, I read this on the, uh, the Glee Wikipedia site that Amber Riley's mother was in this uh, number. She was in the... Uh, she was in the choir? She was in the choir with them. Oh, that's awesome. And then I that's kind of awesome. rewound a little bit, and I saw Amber was standing next to a woman that I was... It must have been her mother, because they were, like, front and center of the stage there. So, um, cute little moment, if you want to go back and, and check that out. Oh, my God, I'm going to have to... Yeah, I'm going to have to see that. That's awesome. But, yeah, so, I mean, uh, like a prayer? You uh, thumbs up, thumbs down? Oh, thumbs up, thumbs up. I mean, I mean, uh, hey, they there is something about... A black gospel choir that just lifts my soul to the heavens. It's just I just feel closer to God when I hear <laughs> a choir. Okay. And, and Kurt and Mercedes are both going to get their solo that they were uh, they were hoping for mm-hmm. pretty quick. But hey, I mean, come on, Schuster, give them something. Like yeah, it took you, it took them to have to like join the Cheerios for you to actually pay attention. Like that's insane to me. But, yeah, okay. that's and that's this is not going to be the first or last time. No. Uh, it's that, like until like the end of the series essentially. Like yeah. this is always a problem. A problem with with these two and with with everybody that people don't get enough attention because you would think that like a normal week of of lessons in the choir room would be like everybody gets their turn to do a song or if you do like a group number that like you rotate the numbers like you don't have to have Rachel in the front of uh in all the solos like even in like practice weeks like if you get to sectionals and she needs to be the person that's doing the main ballad or whatever then go for it but like give everybody a chance to show what they've got throughout the weeks come on right like uh, yeah like you're not it's not not every song is going to be for sectionals regionals or nationals like give them some give them some time yeah but out of all the numbers so we got Express Yourself, sang by uh, all the girls, so Brittany, Santana, Tina, uh, Rachel, and Mercedes. And then we got Borderline, mashed up with Open Your Heart, sang by Finn and Rachel. Vogue, sang by Sue Sylvester, Like a Virgin, sang by Emma, Finn, Jesse, Rachel, Santana, and Will. Four Minutes, sang by Mercedes and Kurt. What It Feels Like for a Girl, sang by Matt, Mike, Puck, Artie, Finn, and Kurt, and Will, and then Like a Prayer, sang by The New Directions. This is really hard. I, like, I'm looking at the list, and I can't even pick out what I think my favorite is, because there's, like, there's, like, three or four that I, like, enjoy a lot. I don't know. Do you know yours? So you don't know, so there's no way that I can even guess for you, because you don't even know. Well, no, I'm going to pick one. Hmm. Do you know yours? Yes, I know mine. Okay. Um, oh, this is tough. Um, no, I think I will guess that your favorite song from this episode is Vogue. Whatever, Matt. Whatever, it's fine. You got it right. I don't care. Whatever. It's <laughs> um, I've really tried not to pick the gayest number out of all of them, but I couldn't help it. It was just done so well. It was. It was. Just done so well. it was. Um, all right, let me... You know, no, I shouldn't. I shouldn't like take a million years to put this together. There's one that uh, keeps popping off the page. You're not gonna get it, uh, get it right because I don't think it makes sense. But I'll justify it once you guess. 
All right. Well, that just throws everything off. Um, I'm going to go ahead and make, I'm going to say borderline open your heart because you have a thing for duets. I do have a thing for duets and that is one of my favorites, but I, I didn't end up sticking with that as my answer. <laughs> so what is it? Like a version? Yeah. Uh, I was going to guess that first, but then you made me think that maybe it would be something unorthodox. I thought like, uh, I thought like a virgin would be that for you. I didn't think that you would, uh, I didn't think you loved it a whole lot. No, I like, I like, I mean, I, I, I'm a sucker for the songs where it's a bunch of montages of them doing the same thing, but in different places. I love that shit. If it's done well, it works well. Not all of them are done well. Mm-hmm. Not all of them are created equally, but I think that like a virgin is one of the, was one of the good. Oh, yeah. Like out, in, of, out of all of these, like, like a virgin is the one that stood out that I was like, okay, I fully remember, like I can picture the whole like music video sequence in my head. I mean, Vogue as well. Um, but, and it's a unique array of voices too. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that I like is when you, I mean, it's, it's nice to mash up some of these characters in weird situations. Like I wouldn't, you don't really hear Emma sing a lot. So anytime that she's thrown in the mix, it's nice. So you get Emma's voice in there, Jesse's voice in there, Santana's voice. It's just, it's an interesting mix. Absolutely. That's like the, I mean, you, you, you're explaining it for me, but it's so hard. Like, I mean, I love four minutes. It's fun. Um, but like, I guess it's hard to pick that as my favorite of the episode. Four I minutes is great. Four minutes. I Express love that song yourself when it came out. is so good. Like all of them, uh, are, are pretty good. Like a prayer is great. Just another full episode of, uh, of some good songs here. So pretty tough, but I guess that's where we landed. Let's give out some gold stars here. I um, don't know. I went first last time because I gave mine to Emma and you gave yours to Finn. So let's hear it. Who's your gold star going to for this episode? Uh, Okay, so this is an interesting turn for me because I'm giving out a gold star, not because this person is, you know, a lovely person, but I'm giving it out just because I love how dastardly they are. I want to give my gold star to Jesse St. James. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because he is just so slimy but also so captivating to watch uh partly because jonathan groff is very handsome but also it's just that like he is you know that he's playing rachel and now that he's thrown his entire ghoul and glee club away only to come to this school only to fuck things up even more i am in love with that like i because it's like we we the audience knows that this is not right but he's playing it so well and he's you know, just sneaking his way in. You just you just need to know what's going to happen next. So I'm very interested in Jesse's character right now. So he gets my gold star. Yeah, I, I like that. I think uh, Jesse is not going to be around too often in general for us to give him uh, a whole lot of gold stars. But like Jesse St. James is such an iconic character, so well-beloved by uh, I know many people that uh, watch the show that I know uh, love Jesse. So uh, look at him getting some love early on here. Mine is actually going to go to somebody I have not given a gold star to just yet, but you have. Um, I was debating between Finn Hudson and ew, uh, but Will Schuster. Uh, because I think both guys in this episode, like, I cannot believe that that's the two that I had narrowed it down to, but they both had a good episode here where I'll, I'll say the gold star is going to go to Finn. Um, but I was considering Will because of how he was handling everything with Emma and how he was trying to just be so supportive. And we're going to see this a lot from Will towards Emma as we go forward here, where he is like, all we know from him is that he is, he cares about winning and he cares about the new directions, but like, we see for the first time here him like genuinely caring about another human being that's not uh, one of his students where it's kind of uncomfortable. Like, like I'm glad that he is taking care of Emma in a way where she appreciates it and this is like help that she needs uh, and he's offering it to her. The reason that he does not 
get my gold star is because of the Jesse thing that comes in later on because that is presented to us as Will's decision and if Will is stupid enough to let the guy that is the head of vocal adrenaline in his club uh, sorry you're an idiot you're not going to get my star uh, yeah, no, so, I think that's fair. That's very fair. So Finn's going to get it here because Finn has a great episode. He is just doing his best to stay calm uh, and not jump all over Rachel's poor decision making that is happening here. Just in terms of like, we know that Rachel's still dating Jesse. She probably shouldn't. She's falling into a trap that we know is is the case. And Finn is is doing his best. He stands up to the rest of the guys and acknowledges the lesson of the week in terms of listen, we are not treating the girls as nicely as we should in any way, and they do listen to him at least Artie you know comes around with the apology and uh yeah so I'm gonna land on Finn all right well Jesse St. James and Finn that's a nice little mix there because they're at odds with one another and they're both getting gold stars yeah Rachel is uh probably not too happy that we're uh, highlighting both of these guys (laughs) and not her but what are you gonna do deal with it what are you gonna do um and then my slushy rating for this episode I will tell you that as I feel like I started this recap uh, with you like feeling like I liked this episode more than I ended up liking it and every step along the way I was like oh, this was weird this was a weird transition from this to song and then this and back and some things that didn't really make a whole lot of sense um, I'm gonna land on giving this episode the most I've given it in a while actually and I'm gonna go three slushies whoa three yeah, oh, right. and that's that. Oh, I don't know. Maybe no. You, should I dial that back to a two point five? I should dial no, it back. No, do what, do what, do whatever your whatever comes to mind first. No, usually, what you think? It's I. I think I, I might have just been so focused on like the fact that all of those plot line issues that I'm having. But but I just I just complimented all the songs and said how much I like them, and I couldn't pick a favorite. So no, I am gonna let me dial it back to a two point five. I think we're uh, we're allowed to change our mind before the podcast ends. So two point five, I will give two and a half slushies t- uh, to the face. Not all of the plot lines are created equal, so I definitely take that critique because, like we said, we just talked about the whole thing with the guys that was kind of weird. But we did get to see a progression with Jesse St. James. He is now taking his uh, plot one step further by joining the McKinley High School Glee Club. Um, we did get to see Finn wrestle with his sexuality. Emma as well and Rachel so we got we got some character development there and we got to see the ramifications for Will not including people that are feeling left out so the whole uh, uh, Mercedes and Kurt thing was pretty cool to watch as well so on that front it was pretty cool still point taken about things seeming a little bit shoehorned in because of the fact that they had to put all this Madonna in there but I, I think that's all made up for with the quality and the numbers that we got. Like a Prayer was awesome. Vogue was awesome. Uh, like a Virgin, awesome. Express Yourself, awesome. So for that reason, I think I'm just going to go ahead and just give it one slushy. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, I felt like I might have been being too hard on it, but I don't know. That's where my gut took me, and the the music is good. So whatever. Stop being such a mean judge uh, message to myself. And... <laughs> No, I'm having fun here. Uh, We're still chucking along with Glee Season 1, and that's it that we have for Episode 15, unless you have anything else before we wrap up on Madonna. Uh, No, I'm excited for the next episode because April Rhodes is coming back, bitches. I'm excited. Love that. that. Uh, Kristen Chenoweth on the uh, Disney sing-along special last night. Very fun. Uh, I need to watch it. Apparently Beyonce made a surprise performance, that little sneaky bitch. Beyonce was there. Amber Riley was there. Darren Criss was there. Uh, Who else? Uh, The the musical cast. Yeah, it was a pretty star-studded lineup. 
Yeah, I have to check that out. But it's getting some good content this this weekend. We got that yesterday. We're getting the sequester mini tonight, and then we're getting that uh, Lady Gaga concert tomorrow. Like it's gonna be pretty cool. I'm this excited. Is- I would say this is a great time, uh, but it's not a great time. They're just doing our best to distract us from the fact that uh, there are some scary times out there. So I don't know. Uh, I'll take what we can get with these uh, mini concerts and podcasting about Glee, and we're doing our best to get through this. So hopefully everybody out there is as well. And if if you're on episode 15 here with us, then you've listened to our first 13 episodes, I would imagine. Hopefully you enjoyed all of that, and you enjoy the rest of these as they're coming out at you. So, of course, make sure you're following us on all the different ways. Our individual accounts, Adamon Adwin, uh, at Matt Liguori, at Choir Room Pod, all on Twitter. Uh, email us if you have anything mm-hmm. that you want us to talk about, choirroompod at gmail.com. Amon, they've got ra- to gotta give us some ratings, right? Yes, make sure that you go ahead and leave us some ratings on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. Like I said, it really pushes our stuff up in the algorithm. It's all about the algorithm, folks. If you want, up, if you want your content to be seen... You got to get some ratings. So if you have the time, go ahead and make sure that you do that. And yeah. That's it. That's all we've got for today. So we will see you with April Rhodes over in episode number 16 soon. But until then, we will see you guys at regionals. Regionals.